Hi there, it's Ben, Ben Avery, with a quick introduction to this episode. Do you remember a while back when there was some sort of alternate dimensional shenanigans that happened and an episode was posted to our feed from an alternate dimension? Well, it's happened again, sort of. Uh, after that happened, my podcast app on my iPad has been downloading some some weird things. Now, things like uh, the How Stuff Works podcast, which had an episode that they posted about the technology of hoverboards and flying cars. The Radiolab podcast had a whole episode about the, the science of food and diets, and it included a segment on the health risks and, and actually health benefits of rehydrated food. And on the Welcome to Level 7 podcast episode that downloaded on that day, October 21st, 2015, I heard myself talking. It was my voice. I don't remember recording this, though. And I was talking with my co-host. It was clearly Daniel Butcher. And I was apologizing for the lateness of the episode. And Daniel was ecstatic and kept interrupting about how he wasn't sorry that the episode was late because the Cubs had won the World Series. And then there's this episode that I'm about to share with you from Strangers and Aliens. Now, some of these topics made me wonder if these podcasts came somehow back from the future or something. But the dates for these episodes were all in October of 2015. The only possibility is that they all came from an alternate timeline. Somehow, on October 21st, 2015, which is when all this happened, my podcast app on my iPad tapped into a signal that came through a wormhole, maybe a, a wormhole caused by distortions in the space-time continuum from a time machine in that alternate dimension. I don't know. But it downloaded these artifacts from another reality when connecting to a Wi-Fi signal from my own house in that other dimension. That's the only explanation. But here, I'll let you decide as I play this podcast episode of Strangers and Aliens, that it's clearly my voice. It's clearly my tastes. Someone is either created an elaborate hoax, or this is actually Steve McDonald and Ben Avery from this alternate dimension, this alternate timeline where the sci-fi Christian has picked up sponsorship from Nike for their power laces shoes. Yes, they were sponsored by Nike in that alternate dimension. Strangers and aliens, not so much. Also in that dimension, the Sci-Fi Christian is on episode 5062. They release three episodes every day. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 165, Jaws Retrospective, 1975 to 2015's Jaws 19. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. 
Kirk versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise, was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens, a podcast about pop culture and faith and uh, science fiction and fantasy and all that. And we are here to talk about a franchise that I actually have a, a lot of fondness for. It's not just me, though. Uh, the last two episodes have been just me, but I have been joined once again by my partner, Steve McDonald. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. So, Steve... We're about to talk about a franchise that, well, there's a lot of ups and downs, like the waves of water on the, the ocean. But like uh, the waves through the hourglass. <laughs> one of the things that made me think about doing this is, first of all, it's been 30 years since the first movie in the franchise. But second of all, I've just been thinking about remakes and sequels and stuff. Did you hear that they're actually planning, uh, or actually, I think they're even ready to go into production on uh, a remake of the late 80s, early 90s classic sci-fi movie a match made in space uh uh i was just reading in the usa uh, today <laughs> no i you might not, you know i like movies that you don't like necessarily I like, I like somewhat obscure movies this one wasn't terribly obscure but um it's based on the mo- the the book written by uh sci-fi author george mcfly uh, not a big fan of his other stuff, but this was his first big hit, Match Made in Space. What made it interesting was it's obviously a science fiction romance, but he claims that it's actually something uh, that's based on a, kind of some true stuff in his own life. No, man, this is this is true. And I was just reading in, in the USA Today newspaper today um, from a couple you know, a week or so ago uh, that they're planning they're planning a remake. I mean, they're remaking everything. Uh, this is a movie I like. Not many people I know like Match Made in Space, the movie. It doesn't live up to the book. And so fans of the book didn't like it. And it Are isn't, you making this up? It's not the greatest movie in the world, but why would I make stuff like this up? Uh, come on, man. Why would I? I've never heard of this. You even, you, you, surely you've heard of the book. No, I haven't heard of the book. It's a classic. I mean, the we're not here to talk about this. Made up. No, it, it, here's the thing. I mean, he's he made the rounds, you know, saying that this science fiction uh, romance was actually based on real life events for him back when he was a kid in the 50s. And um, every once in a while, they replay old coast to coast interviews. I actually caught one of those interviews it was really exciting for me because, you know, I like the book. I read the book when I was in high school and then they made the movie and the movie wasn't it's different from the book. And so I like the movie for different reasons than I like the book, but anyway, they're remaking it. Uh, so here we are to talk about, you know, probably the granddaddy of all franchises that has sequels and <laughs> reboots and hasn't been remade, so to speak, but it has had, wow. you know, plenty of course corrections. And, you know, even that, that, that reboot here just a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. Of course we're talking about Jaws. Jaws. Yeah, which Jaws, Jaws 19 Jaws 19 just came out. Um, we didn't get to review Jaws 19 uh, when it first came out because you hadn't had a chance to see it. I haven't. No, I hadn't seen it yet. Uh, of course, I went opening night, 
But um, well, but then we so did. So those- did I? But I ended up seeing something else. So what? They were sold out. Oh, okay. That's why you buy your tickets ahead of time online. I, you know, I did. Fandango actually uh, oversold, and I got there. The line was like out the door. Oh man, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. And then Steve. I got there, and Fandango gave me a free ticket to something else. So that was a big deal. But anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking. We did the two horror movies. Uh, Crimson Peak and The Visit instead of, of Jaws 19. And so now we're just now getting to Jaws 19. But I figured 30 years of Jaws as a franchise. The first movie came out in 75. I was only one year old when it came out. <laughs> I was older than that. Did not see that one opening night. I can guarantee yeah. that. But I did not. That's that's one I didn't see in the theaters. My first PG movie was Star Wars. So this was... Uh, this this would have been you know in, in the range where I'm seeing Benji movies and uh, you know the the <laughs> yeah uh, Grizzly Adams. Well, what's your introduction to the Jaws franchise? For me, it was in junior high, seeing them on TV, and seeing the first one and the second one on TV, really liking them. Um, I also younger than that in elementary school, I had some Jaws trading cards. So there were some parts of the second movie. There were Jaws two trading cards. And so there were some parts from the second movie that were actually spoiled for me, you know, five years before I saw the movie because I had these cards. <laughs> nice. And I do remember seeing uh, signs and commercials for Jaws 3D, um, which is now just kind of Jaws 3, I guess. I don't know if they've ever done a release in 3D with that. I'm not sure. I mean, on, D- on DVD or, or VHS. but I think my introduction would probably be... Um... Uh, the uh, in in Universal Studios, I went on the ride. Mm, yeah. So actually, that might be really, why I wanted to watch them when they were on TV was because of that ride. Could be that and my friend Mike, um, in in junior high, he got me hooked on. on he he watched them and and couldn't stop talking about them. <laughs> and I actually, that's one of my first forays into fan fiction. Was I did write a Jaws story about my class going to the beach. I'm going to eat my sharks. And I also wrote a mashup where it was, it was almost, it was similar to the, the, the plot of Jaws 11, but um, where the enterprise couldn't beam down onto the planet. And so they had to send down a shuttle and it was a water planet and it crash landed. And there was a shark that was kind of terrorizing Kirk and Spock and McCoy as they were trying to, you know, as they're floating around on the, on the shuttle and it keeps bumping into the shuttle, knocking them, you know, tearing off the door. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it was, it was actually, it was one of the first stories that I wrote and then typed on my IBM Electric typewriter. Wow! Yeah, yeah, I worked really, really hard on that. Really, That's... really hard. Made photocopies of it, drew a cover. I mean, it was a big deal for me, a really big wow. deal. But that sounds expensive. <laughs> what do you mean? Sounds expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that well, typewriter you know, didn't cost so, me anything. Sounds like, you know, well, you had to buy the typewriter, right? So no, someone gave it to me. Free typewriters. Someone gave me the typewriter <laughs> and I reused the ink because I was able to rewind the, the ink strip. And I reused well, it. Well, you know what you do? You take a black magic marker and you just... Well, anyway, this isn't yeah. about typewriters. This is no, about... No, no, this is about Jaws. Uh, the other thing then was because I watched those on... Uh, when I was in junior high on TV, but summer of 1987, Jaws 4 The Revenge came out. And Jaws 4 The Revenge was just hammered by critics. People didn't like it. And again, watched that one on TV 
Um, But that was, I mean, the problem was it was the first in that second trilogy and you get that uh, and all of a sudden it's, it was almost like um, a Phantom Menace because it starts on a down, you know, so you get that the revenge, of course, it's it's down and then Jaws 5 hits in in 1989 and it, it puts it into perspective. You know, well, I mean, it, yeah, it's... I mean, Jaws four, five and six, they do go together mm-hmm. um, with Jaws. Flawlessly. Yeah, I mean, with with Jaws five, where it kind of brings things up into New York and mm-hmm. deals with, uh, you know, that's the one with the, the tagline. Well, you know what? Before we get to taglines and stuff, let's go ahead and play the trailer that they've done for Jaws 19, which really isn't so much a trailer for Jaws 19 as it is a celebration, I guess, of the entire franchise. Uh, We don't usually do this, um, but we're going to do this right now. I'm going to play the trailer, Jaws 19's trailer, and it kind of gives us that, just that journey through the franchise. And I tell you, my emotional response to this kind of does go up and down as they're, I'm just getting reminded of these experiences that I had watching these movies. So here we go. We'll play this and then we'll start talking about the, these movies will walk through the franchise and then we'll have a list of our top five mm-hmm. and our bottom three. Right. Yeah. So here we go. Can we talk? Jaws made you afraid to go in oh, the water. We want people to hear this. I mean, if I Jaws 2 made you yeah. afraid to yeah, go yeah, so people can hear you right in the now. water. Oh. Jaws 3D was a new dimension in terror. In Jaws 4 The Revenge, it was personal. Then it was just business. Then pure pleasure. Cyber Jaws made you afraid to log on. And Robo Jaws made you afraid of robotic sharks. Then Chief Brody's grandson assembled a super team of shark hunters. Jaws 10, it was man versus shark versus all the terrors of the deep. Outer space, then a prequel, and a sequel to the prequel. And then a new era in terror began. Jaws started a family. Battled a Russian shark named Ivan Sharkovsky. Uh. Took a bite out of the Big Apple and learned about love from a mysterious uh. stranger. Jaws 18 Double. Origins, the mind-blowing reboot. What? Now, the oceans are disappearing, and to save their home, the sharks must attack. Jaws 19. This time, it's really, really personal. Coming soon. Yeah, so that's that's the trailer, and really, I mean, this whole trailer, it just, I mean, I have emotional reactions to a couple of those because of times in my life. Um, obviously, some of those later ones, ugh, they just, it, they sully the franchise. They really do. But yeah, so not let's let's them. not all of them, but some of those later ones. Let, let's talk about though. You you say this, you know, Jaws four, five, and six are kind of a a trilogy. And I don't think they were intended to be because they do have different characters except for Jaws six, which uh, they couldn't get Michael Caine back, but they did return back to the location from Jaws four because that was the, the pleasure resort. Right. One. Right. Um, but Jaws five. Yeah. It's just business. That was, you know, the sharks come to New York. A lot of the action when it's away from the water takes place on wall street, but mm-hmm. consider like <laughs> Jaws, uh, you know, like the James Bond franchise, I feel like Jaws started chasing trends instead of setting them. 
You know, Jaws 3D was too late for the 3D trend. Uh, yeah. Jaws 4, The Revenge, just was a, it was a movie. <laughs> should have been in 4D because that would have been ahead. Oh, and then they, they could have like splashed water on people and no. yeah. But no, no, they didn't do that. But Jaws 5, uh, you can tell a lot of those characters, the new characters anyway, are kind of ripping off Wall Street, which came out in 1997 or 1987 right, yeah. rather. And so for Jaws 5 and the tagline even, it's just business. Right. Ugh. But, <laughs> you know, I, I groan a little bit. There was some okay moments in there and there were some jump scares. And well, the, the good thing about it was it, it just totally recast Jaws 4. So you, now you can watch Jaws 4 again and now you're like pulling out all the nuances, you know, all these little nuggets that were you, you missed because you hadn't seen Jaws 5. Yeah, and then Jaws 6, just it was just like, just wraps them up, just like takes them all, puts a nice little bow on it, puts it under your Christmas tree, gives you a kiss on the forehead and, you know, good night, folks. There you go. Yeah, I just I don't understand why they had to set the movie. At, on, on Good Friday, like it just felt kind of, I don't know, a little blasphemous to me. I I don't know. I mean, because well, Jaws 4 was set at Christmas time. Yeah, I know. And then they go to Jaws 6 and it's like they're trying to make these religious uh, illusions and stuff. And it's just like, no, you you can't make those kind of, of one-to-one comparisons and analogies and allegories and stuff using a shark. Well, you just can't. I think maybe you saw a little bit more of that than I did. Okay. Well, maybe I was reading too much into it. Uh, This came out at a really special time in my life. 1991 was Jaws 6. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, it was so, I I, I had started a job in 1989, a job that I had for 19 years. And, and so seeing Jaws 5 and I'm starting a job and I'm like, oh, this is just business. You know, it's, it's my, uh, I'm starting a job. I'm, I'm starting, you know, getting into, into this business thing. And in 91, I was struggling. I had, I didn't have a really good work ethic. Um, you know, on and on. I mean, it's just it's different stuff. I, I don't want to go into that part of my life. It's just dark, 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 but you have Jaws six come out and it's like, just like it says, pure pleasure. And yes, it has, you know, some more religious motifs and, and unfortunate, you know, the menorah scene and everything is kind of mm. weird. But when you look at it and it's just a summation, finally, of Jaws 4 and, and everybody who's talking about, you know, how, how terrible Jaws 4 was and, and they're not getting Jaws 5 and they're walking out of Jaws 6 as if they had like just seen a magic golden ghost or something you're just like now you get it now you get it well you know okay and here's the other thing jaws 5 i mean it was up against a lot of competition i mean that summer we had back to the future 2 that summer we had batman that summer we had indiana jones and the last crusade that summer we had lethal weapon 2 ghostbusters 2 honey i shrunk the kids i mean these were all all huge huge movies a lot of them you know this is kind of the beginning of just an unending time for Hollywood to dig up things like Batman and put out things that are recognizable uh, sequels and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But it was also 
very cold. You know, it's just business, you know, kind of sums up just what it was like. And then for Jaws 6, where it's a much warmer movie. I mean, it definitely, I mean, it had the, a lot of romantic subplots. Um, it's, it's, it's pure pleasure. I mean, that was the tagline. <laughs> You know, right. We're going from it's personal in Jaws 4 to it's just business for Jaws 5 to it's pure pleasure for Jaws 6. And I'll also say this. This is the first one I saw in the theaters. Um, those other ones I mentioned I saw on, on TV. Jaws 5, my friends and I rented. Um, I, it would have been freshman or sophomore year in high school. We rented one of our, one of our um, you know, spending the night at my friend's house kind of thing. And then Jaws 7, that one uh, came out summer after I graduated. And went with my friends to see that in the theater. I still have the laser oh, no, disc for Jaws 7. No, wait. I'm wrong. I don't think I saw this in the theater. Because Jaws 6 was 91. Jaws 7 was 93. That's the one I saw in the theater. Oh, man. Jaws 7. Cyber Jaws. Right? Cyber Jaws. Now, this is where they kind this, of pull away from the Brody family. Right. This time, it's impersonal. <laughs> There's the tagline. Yeah, this one just didn't catch on with anyone, really, I don't think. Well, I mean... I liked. It, I can't decide. Okay, you can tell me, Steve. Was it ahead of its time, or was it just completely missing the mark? I think it's one of those seed movies where you know, like like four was sort of like a seed, so you get five oh, and, and and six out of it. With with Robo Jaws, I mean, you have that whole concept. No, this is coming Cyber back. Jaws. Cyber Jaws. That's what I meant. Cyber Jaws. Yeah. But you you have the whole concept of of Cyber Jaws coming back. In you see it in Jaws eleven, you see it in Jaws fifteen, and you know I mean the and I, I don't want to ruin it, but you know Jaws eighteen. If you look at it a certain way, give me no, <laughs> Steve. The reboot you saw reflections of Cyber Jaws in in Jaws eighteen. If you. Did you watch the entire the entire all the credits? Of course I did, but no, Steve. Did you? Okay, we'll come back to that. But I, I don't want to make a spoiler here. So just if you're watching Jaws 18, watch all the credits. Don't blink. No, we're just spoiling any- it. We're going to spoil it. But okay, Jaws 7, you have Cyber Jaws, which is Jaws invading people's computers. I just feel like, uh, and it's not actually Jaws, it's not actually the shark. And I do wonder if this was even meant to be a Jaws movie originally. I mean, they do that a lot of times. And they even did it in the franchise that I know of a couple times. This one I'm not sure about, but they have a computer shark going around and eating people's data and then killing people through the electricity of their computer. Well, right. And because... it's but it's killing people who are connecting through some of those early chat room type things. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just either ahead of its time and actually trying to, you know, draw on fears that haven't really become part of the public consciousness yet. This time it's impersonal. I mean, it's right there in the tagline. This is 1993, though. People don't even know what the internet is. The World Wide Web hasn't even been named the World Wide Web. If, I don't think. I mean, I might be speaking out of school here. <laughs> but and and then you know then they turn around and do it kind of as a duology where with Robo Jaws that that shark um, virus <laughs> it becomes like it actually gets a body of its own. Like they thought they had destroyed it by isolating it to a single computer, but then that computer hard drive gets put into that robot body. And makes sense. Yeah. I mean, take them together. I just feel like it was a little too early for people to really appreciate what it was trying to do. Well, I don't love them. I'm just, I'm just, 
everyone trashes Jaws 7. So I'm just I'm trying to just be that that voice of reason, which I often am on this show. Well, I'll I'm just say pick you, that little nugget out there. You say everyone trashes Jaws 7. It's on one of my lists, Steve. Mm, I'll let you one. try and decide which one it might be on. But you know, to to just to put it into context, into into uh, movie context, in the 1930s, I think there's 1936, Boris Karloff was in Death by Television, which played on <laughs> the serious? exact same fears. That's not a real thing. It is a real thing. <laughs> He's googling. I am it. googling it. That's that can't be a real thing. It's a real thing, and he he would he, like the monster would come out into people's living rooms and kill someone, and then go back in, and then the police would come, and they they're like, well, "Wait a minute, what, what happened? Where, where's the killer?" And they couldn't find him, and it was just playing on those fears of what ha- what's this new technology? Television. I don't, you know. So it's it's not a perfect movie. It's 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 not a great movie, but I'm just saying it's, it's not even playing, the first ten results of <laughs> death by television. Uh uh-uh. uh Okay, it's well, a very it's a very rare movie. It's, it's not like you can just you know. It's I don't think it's on Netflix. The thing is digging for it. The thing is, you have a movie like Tron, which came out you know what fourteen years earlier. I mean, well, mm-hmm. it was eighty eighty one or something like that. But right. you have a movie like Tron, where it's trying to present things that people just don't understand, but it's so visual, you know, and it's so visceral that you can understand the rules of the movie without understanding the rules of computers and computer languages and computer programming with cyber jaws. You know, they're, they're trying to do this movie where it's just like, if you don't understand the internet, I mean, even now, I mean, I'm watching it. I understand the internet, but this movie just is a mess. It's a mess. Robo jaws better because it actually has the robot shark that can actually spend a little bit of time on land. Uh, and then they did try and bring back, they didn't bring back any of the original actors, but there was a Brody character in that one. Right, yeah. So that ties in Jaws 7 just by proxy of that virus shark fighting uh, one of the Brodies as a police officer in Jaws right. 8. The so, Brody cyborg, yeah. Yeah. And then he, that character comes back in Jaws 9. Now mm-hmm. they kind of ignore the whole Robo Jaws thing, but Jaws 9, uh, this is one that. It's kind of that course correction that we were talking about. Right. Yeah. You have a, a super team of shark hunters. Yes. And and by super team, I mean, we mean a super team. Yeah. I mean, they, they actually call them in the movie. This is, I think, maybe one of the first times in the movie where they actually refer to the shark as Jaws or refer to sharks as Jaws, where it's they call the, 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 the main heroes of this movie the Jaws 9. Right, you well, know, well, I mean, taking the and, title and you know working it in and being clever with it, but there's nine heroes here. But in, I mean, in, in Cyber Jaws, his his chat room name is is Mister JWS. I mean, Mister Jaws. Yeah, so. yeah, but this is where they actually say it out loud. And anyway, right. The Jaws Nine are a hero, a, te- a team of heroes brought together by Brody's grandson. Now, Brody's grandson, he's a police officer. And it's kind of really, it's the seven samurai ripoff mm-hmm. where you have okay. the guy in a town who needs to go out and get help. Yeah. And he goes and finds these nine people instead of seven. Uh, and he brings them back to, to his town to fight the, the terror. And in this case, the terror obviously is, is a couple sharks mm-hmm. and it's the people he gets though. 
it's a pretty impressive list of action heroes. We now, and some of them better than others, but you have Nick Nolte. Yeah, Bridget and, Nielsen. What? Bridget Nielsen. Bridget Nielsen, yep. yep. Um, John Claude Van Damme. And Keanu Reeves. No, wait. No, he wasn't in this who, one. Who he was in Jaws him? 10. It was, it was, who replaced him? No, it was, it was, uh, uh, who replaced Keanu Reeves? Yeah, he was, he was in talks for it or something. I think he shot at some scenes, no, no, but then they didn't like him. Maybe. I mean, they brought him back for Jaws 10. Oh, I don't know yeah, what the but, deal was. I, I don't know a lot of the backstory there. Um, oh, you know who I think it was? It was Damon Wayans who took his place. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I forgot. Yeah, so you have How Nick you Nolte, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Danny Glover, um, yeah. Ernie Reyes Jr., <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Damon Wayans, uh, Val Kilmer, Kurt yeah, Russell, oh, yeah. Bridget Fonda, and Uma Thurman. And then you had a, a cameo. I couldn't believe they they got him in, but um, they had a cameo with Bruce Willis playing Quint. Right. Yep. I mean, they aged him a little bit, but he played Quint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ghost of Quint, but. Well. Yeah. You couldn't really play Quint if this is all taking place <laughs> linearly. Right. Right. But um, I mean, I couldn't tell. I mean, you're watching the movie. I couldn't tell if he was a ghost or if he was just a dream telling this you know the uh, young brody to go and find people but he's you know See, he appears and he says when your father had the same kind of trouble he brought in help you need to do that and and yeah but it's bruce willis right but this was that was ruined for me by yeah. someone and it's, it's kind of funny because th- this uh woman works who worked at me, with me at the time she had just seen the ad for it and then she had talked to someone who went, like her daughter or something, who went to actually see the movie. And then, then she talked to her daughter. And then she came in, and she, I guess she had assumed that I, I had seen the movie. And she said, you know, what, what a stupid premise. You can tell that Bruce Willis is, is, is a ghost just from, the, just from the ad. And I'm like, what? wait, what? <laughs> I hadn't seen the movie. I was going uh, to see the movie that night. Well, so when, but I mean, I, that was early on in the movie. It wasn't a, a total spoiler. I, I mean, that's uh, that was the inciting incident to move from act one to... To act two, yeah. where he was going to go and just, find his team. But the entire thing, instead of getting that surprise, getting that, that you know, <gasps> what? Uh, you know, all of a sudden, it was just ruined. For, uh, the entire time I'm watching it going, like, oh, he's a ghost. Well, he's a ghost. Well, he's a ghost. So, I don't yeah. know. That's probably why. Well, but the, it, wasn't one, a, it wasn't meant to be like, a, oh, is he real or not? I mean, he, it was, Brody was sleeping. I don't know. It, yeah. I, I think it's, it's a, a bigger and more interesting conversation to talk about if he actually was a ghost. Or just a dream, you know, Brody's subconscious telling him, you remember those stories grandfather told you and that kind of thing. But anyway, I, this one, the other interesting thing about this is it was directed by John Woo, his second American movie. He had just done Hard Target in 93. And actually right as he wrapped Hard Target, he started working on this movie. And so Hard Target was released in 93. He was already hard at work on Jaws 9. Um he finished it early in 94, but it sat on the shelf until 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 1996, they finally released it. I mean, it had so many actors in it who were popular. John Woo directed Broken Arrow, which released in 1996. And so they, they, they saw fit to release this. And this is another one. Uh, at this point, I've seen, yeah, Jaws 7, 8, and 9 all in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And... Jaws 9 just 
really got me back into the franchise. And that's why I bought the entire series on VHS. The entire series on VHS that year. Um, Yeah, so we moved from that, 96, to Jaws 10 and 97. And they threw this one together really quickly because of the how successful jaws nine was yeah but they got michael kane back i know that's what's so, amazing now his his star funny. wasn't rising too much right now but uh what in 92 he had done muppets christmas carol i think classic yeah yeah and then after that he just was having a real hard time with things and you know it was a hard get i i've heard about some of the negotiations that they did and basically jaws nine was such a huge hit they came to him and they're like we we want to most you're going to be top build. You're going to be the primary character. And, and he really was other than the shark. Cause this is where, right. I mean, Michael came with a huge get, but this is where, I mean, I'm going to have to use the phrase. This is where the, the series kind of jumped the shark. Oh, come yeah, on. Well, you have Michael Caine and some of the other human characters that he was with actually working with the sharks. You know, yeah, in, but... in Jaws 4, my theory has always been that Jaws 4 turns the franchise into a fantasy sci-fi franchise because the sharks are too intelligent, way too intelligent right. to be able to follow the family, you know, down the coastline into the Bahamas. Right. You know, it's just ridiculous. I mean, they're they're leaving where they're their natural territory into much warmer waters than they're supposed to be in. And and so with Jaws 10, you know, they kind of get back into that intelligent shark thing. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's not so much a coincidence, it's it's right. intentional. The sharks are targeting, in this case, Michael Caine and his family. You know what I really didn't like about this movie? I mean... What? What? The the wink. <laughs> can, shark, can sharks really wink? Yeah, they roll back the, the eye. I mean, it's... I don't know. Well, just, I mean, obviously... For the scene, it was ridiculous to have the shark wink at Michael Caine at the very end when they split their ways. That was ridiculous. Okay. But physically, a shark could do what it did. I don't know. Um, But, you know, for all of its flaws, uh, this is this one. It was 97. That was the year I got married. I actually went and saw this on my honeymoon with my wife. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I was married in May of 97. This came out the weekend that we were married. Uh, you have your own honeymoon story yeah, with well, a movie. Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, 1997, Jaws 10, Man vs. Shark versus The Terrors of the Deep. Wow. And my wife has forgiven me does, uh, does for she, doing that to you, her. Does she give you the wink? Uh, no, no. I have to say that the whole time that she was watching the movie, uh, yeah, it was just kind of... I mean, it was a rainy day. We were in a weird place for our honeymoon that didn't have a lot of things to do. And we just, yeah. <laughs> so wow. anyway, yeah, Jaws 10, there it is. <laughs> mm. Well, at least it came back with, with Jaws 11. Oh, man. But well, four years later. I mean, well, Jaws 10 is 97. Jaws 11 is 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaws 11, but Jaws they waited. in space. I mean, they- they had to put it out in 2001. It's not like they, I mean, with all the 2001 references oh, and, and get me started on that, you know, he takes a bite out of the monolith, the stuff like oh. and it's full of teeth. I mean, I mean, there was so many different little things yeah. and it was a shame 
that Michael Caine like ditched after after ten though because I think I he could have really no I, I no. could see him adding so much to to this one. Well, I I, I can't I'm, believe though. I mean, they had such heights with Jaws nine, and then Jaws ten was just such a not great movie, and they had to figure out something, so they go into space. Yeah. Uh, and just the the conceit to get the sharks up there where they're doing you know experiments, but they're taking they have to go up with tanks of water. Right. I mean, just the cost per pound to take that much water up that has a tank big enough to put sharks in. I mean, and they didn't even try and think of a clever way of like getting water when they're out in space. It was just nope, it's on a rocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it just ugh. you got to suspend reality. But that's not the worst part. Steve. I know the worst part. Yeah. But go ahead. What, what do you think the worst part Well, is? for me, the worst part is they digitally recreated Robert Shaw in his role as Quint. That and was the best part. That was, no, Steve. That was awesome. They used outtake dialogue from the first mm-hmm. Jaws movie and right. maybe some dialogue from other movies with, with Robert Shaw kind of playing, you know, that same type of character to get the voice inflections. But... Uh, and there might have even been someone doing doing uh, an impersonation. But they brought him back to play Quint, uh, holographic Quint. And I, oh, no, this was just a travesty. A travesty. Oh, 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 the, no, 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 no. Going no. into space. And oh, it just, I, it made me I, angry I, to I, watch. I thought it was it was very clever, and especially because they were. I mean, it came out in two thousand and one, but they had done a lot of the filming in nineteen ninety nine with the pre Y two K stuff, and they had had like really. I mean, the, for whatever reason, they were they were locked into that mindset that all this could be taken away, all this could be gone, and Y two K, you know, two thousand, and all of a sudden everything you know reverts to nineteen nineties technology, nineteen hundreds technology, yeah. well, or something. And- so they were they were really digging this out, and then I mean that that was why it it took until two thousand one to actually put it out, because a lot of the stuff they had to recreate because they had like saved it on these analog computers or something nuts like that, uh, because they were just panicked at the time. I mean Hollywood was was agog with with this whole thing. Right. They didn't know what was going on. Well, and I I did like the sci fi ideas of terraforming Mars. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. The um, only thing I didn't like was that they named the ship the mutiny because Michael Caine wouldn't come back. And there was like a little tongue in cheek Caine mutiny. Are you serious? That was about him. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I mean, that's, this one, that's I, why he's never been back. I own it as part of my DVD collection. Yeah, I actually, why, I, he, I got he the, considered it a, like a huge slap in the face and I, never, I mean, that's why he's never back. I mean, I've double dipped on this. I, I have them all on blue right now. Right. Um, but uh, here's the thing. The, the sci-fi idea of terraforming Mars is, is nice. And you have to say the effects. I mean, they are fantastic. Mm-hmm. This is, um, they had to move away from using uh, Lucas's company. Um, what is it? Skywalker, whatever it is. But right. they, they had, they created their own effects department. And they, they knocked it out of the park with the, the special effects. And yeah. that's why they felt comfortable creating the Robert Shaw, you know, doppelganger, but mm, digital. That's why I think it's, it's, it's vastly underrated. Well, you're going to so. just have to agree to disagree on this as we do on so many other things. Now 
Jaws 12, though, this is interesting because you go into space and kind of into the future yeah. with Jaws 11. Jaws 12, they're going into the past with the prequel. Yeah. And this one's interesting because they, they, they filmed Jaws 12 as two back-to-back movies. And both of them are kind of prequel, not just to Jaws, but they're kind of going back to some of the source material for mm-hmm. Jaws. Peter Benchley's novel, Jaws, was based on the Jersey Shore shark attacks in 1916, I want to say. And so Jaws 12 actually takes place in 1916, has some of the, the Brody family, they're involved there with this these shark attacks on the Jersey Shore. Quint, his, his parents are featured in this movie. And it was kind of a risk to go from this high gloss you know special effects of jaws in space to go to jaws 12 which takes place in 1916 and feels a little old-fashioned i mean they they shot it a lot of it in you know kind of sepia tones um and and kind of drab when they're on the on the in the city it's drab brown colors when they're on the beach you have the brown of the sand and you have the blue of the water Mm-hmm. And whenever they're in the water, then you have that kind of change in color tone. It's a wonderful, wonderful effect. If you say so, I was well, lost on this one. I mean, that it was, it was, they tried to do too much with the CGI. Yeah, but this is 2004 CGI. I mean, that's, that's, this is, you use CGI to recreate worlds that you can't see in other words. Right, and so Jersey was, shore, 1916, they can't recreate that. With sets, I mean, and well, I mean, you're talking like Sky Captain. You have that like super fuzzy, like glossy, and you can tell it's it's this it's this sciencey fictiony. It's it's yeah. you know uh, a fantasy, and you can tell that's that. But when you have that, and it's supposed to be 1916, and it's still sort of like you know you can tell it's CGI, but it's not uh, supposed it, to be CGI. Okay, the, the effects are a little bit dated, but I mean, you have to. <laughs> It's not just about the effects. I mean, it's about the characters. This one is very character driven. The yeah. effects are window dressing. And this is Spielberg returning to the franchise. I mean, Steven Spielberg directed both this and the sequel. Um, because he got to with this, he's telling the story that inspired Peter Benchley. But with Jaws 12 Part 2, which was released just the next year because they're filmed back to back. It features Quint as a young man on the USS Indianapolis. I just think it was it was presumptive, presumptuous of him to to like presuppose Benchley. So I had a problem with it literarily. I had a problem with it cinematically. No, it's just it, with with Benchley being inspired by the Jersey Shore attacks, and then writing his book that takes place in the present day in the seventies. You know that there there it's a homage to that inspiration, and then the Indianapolis, which is also a real event that they used in the movie. Right. And it's such a memorable scene with Quint talking about all, you know, watching these people getting just, you know, eaten by sharks and stuff. This is, it's good stuff. It's good. Right. Part two was great. Part two was, was fantastic. Part one. No, just no. Okay. So those were actually well done. They got nominated for some Oscars, not for best picture. Um, Spielberg. Part Part two was just i mean but they were they were uh, special effects got some nominations and some of the actors got some nominations in there then they go 2004 release of jaws 12 part 2 jaws 14 
they go comedy. Uh, Jaws starts a family. The, the tagline is yeah. this time it's family. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I can't decide. And Steve, uh, maybe, maybe you'll know, but they had a laugh track. Mm-hmm. Now, are they, is this experimental or is, I, I couldn't decide if like this is meant to be camp. Is it meant to be avant-garde? I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, you had Jaws 14, you had 14 sharks right. from all different ages mm-hmm. and it's just kind of this family and there's some family antics that feels more like dolphins or something. I don't know. And then you have 14 Brodies, mm-hmm. you know, living near the water and yeah. it's more, they don't really play it up as if they're neighbors, but that's the implication. You know, it's like the sharks are doing things that cause trouble for the Brodies and the Brodies are doing things that cause trouble for the sharks. And it's just skirting the edge of ridiculous, you know, like, it, it, is it, I can't tell if it's meant to be a parody of sitcoms, you know, by, and they're trying to play it as straight as possible, but still be that parody. I don't know. Just, you know, this, this one of the entire series was one that I am the most indifferent about. Like if, if, the, if we were making a list of all of them in order, I would start with this one in the middle. Because, eh, you know, if, if I want if I want a good laugh, I'll. I mean, obviously, you're going to fast forward through the first forty minutes if you want a good laugh. But you know, after that, it's you, and you're rolling in, in some places. But Steve, then, yeah, you have the first forty minutes where it's sort of like, huh? And the and comedy like, is very, very realistic. The comedy, yeah. you know, it's not based on jokes. It's based on you know things you could see your own family have happening. Right. Um, and yeah, the other thing is this is the one with no kills. Yeah. No kills. Now they, they say that the, uh, you know, it's a, a new era in terror with, with Jaws 14, but at the same time, the terror is actually very mundane and very mm. much it's things like mortgages and student yeah. loans and insurance rates when there's a car accident that's caused by a shark, you know, right. uh, by because the sharks were like bumping the bridge, and just, <laughs> it's it, it's kind of a Rube Gold, Goldberg kind of thing almost. But yeah, I mean, the bridge scene just dr- drags me right down to the floor every single time. Ugh. You don't sound indifferent. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, like that, like I said, you you have to get through the first forty. In the first forty minutes is the setup, so it starts. I I actually fast forward it past the first 40 minutes and played it for my family. They hadn't seen it. And I played it for my family and they were all like, what? We don't get it. And so I, I like, well, okay, let's watch it from the beginning. And they were like falling asleep and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, no, please stay awake. I was like giving them, you know, candy and things yeah. like that. But if you have to watch away. 40 minutes of a movie, just I to know, understand the setup why, for some jokes later on. It, that's why I'm so indifferent about it. After it's almost they like, the, it's almost like parenthood. Like this movie is Parenthood with sharks. That's what it is. Unbelievable. I get Parenthood is is one of those TV shows where I'm just sort of indifferent about it. Oh, I'm talking about the movie. The, the not the TV show. See, I'm so indifferent about it. I didn't know it was a movie. <laughs> so we go from that, and the I feel like the the producers are saying, "Hey, comedy, right?" And so you have yeah. Jaws 15, where Ivan Sharkovsky. The shark oh, yeah. fights a Russian 
shark. A now, Russian granted, shark. it's only Russian because it's been genetically modified by the Russians. Right. Right. But the and the Russians gave him the name Ivan Sharkovsky. But this is 2008. Now we're in 2008, and this is a Cold War movie. Well, I mean, did did you read the did you read the novelization? No, I heard the novelization of this one was pretty good, though. It was pretty good, and it sets the shark up as a pre-Cold War ending shark. He had, he had survived. Oh, from... so they intended the shark to be from like the eighties. Yeah. He was from the, the he, he was oh, uh, genetically modified they... in the early eighties. His uh, the cybernetic parts were put on in the the uh, the late eighties. I mean, they they had that, this little chronology in the back of the book. About all the different, like, you know, they did where not he present got... any of that. Exactly. I mean, it was just, I guess it was too much. Uh... I think they had filmed the montage of it and it was more confusing than explaining. So they figured we'll just present him well, fully formed. But some of the stuff they showed from the like flashbacks, you want to talk about anachronisms. I mean, they're using modern day technology to do, you know, the genetic ma- manipulation. This is one, though, Steve, this is one that I think was not intended to be a Jaws movie and and they bought the script and then they adjusted it, added a character named Brody who I don't even know how he's related to the family. Um, I mean, maybe they're just trying to pull away from the 14 members of the Brody family from Jaws 14, but yeah. Um, I don't remember what the book said about it. I think there was a, like a whole chapter. Oh, nothing. You know what? Wait a minute. Well, you got the book right there. Well, I got it out because Oh, for the... I knew we were going to. Uh, yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah, it's like there's like a, a, a chapter seventeen where it's it's like this complete aside, and it's talking about uh, Brody and the character of Brody, and then like it, all this stuff is never brought. It looks like it was like shoehorned in here. Yeah. You know what? Now that I'm I'm looking at this again, I'm like I like this book a lot, and then I just felt like that shoehorn was in there and then i read the rest of the book and it was sort of like i wonder if they i I wonder if before the book came out they got the rights to the book and then like changed the book to match up more with the movie could be and maybe that's why that feels shoehorned in is because it really was i don't know they went from this to the the rest of the book was really well written (laughs) they went from jaws 15 where he fights a russian shark and it's kind of stupid too. I mean, you got regular shark fighting enhanced Russian shark. I mean, it's, it's Rocky four, right? right? Can we agree on that? It's Superman four. It's, it's everything. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Except it's 15. And then we right. go to jaws takes Manhattan. And this mm-hmm. one, it bugs me. First of all, that they actually call the shark jaws throughout the whole movie. Right. They actually call the shark jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked that. It was kind of a sequel to jaws five. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the other was, interesting thing uh, is, you know, Jaws 5 being a, a really a ripoff of uh, Wall Street, this being a sequel to Jaws 5, another sequel came out in 2010, which was mm-hmm. Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. And so, okay. uh, but I, I like that they brought back a lot of the, some of the minor characters from Jaws 5, but they're bringing them back for Jaws Takes Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that, that <sighs> most of those actors and actresses could have easily... Uh, been audience members instead of cast members. Well, you can tell why these these uh, these actors from Jaws Five didn't work again until Jaws f- sixteen here. Right. Yeah. Um, 
But then we go from Jaws Takes Manhattan to Jaws 17, 50 Scales of Grey, mm-hmm. which is a parody. I mean, it's this 2011. The movie comes out. It's a parody right. of the book Fifty Shades of Grey, which came out in 2011. And you can tell that they, again, I think this was originally planned to actually be a direct-to-video movie and not written to be a Jaws film at all. I think it was meant to be actually on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, this is the this is the only one where the um, the screenwriter is listed as anonymous. So <laughs> yeah, and the not. low point of the franchise, as far as critical, um, critical acclaim, and and it, there just wasn't any. I mean, this could have killed killed the franchise, and yeah. but then 2013 arrives, and a little movie called Sharknado. Oh yeah. So Sharknado, 2013, huge hit, huge hit. And what do they do? Universal says, hey, wait a minute. Sharks are big again. Yeah. And no one's going to remember 50 Scales of Grey. No. Because no one saw it. And they bring in J.J. Abrams. And J.J. Abrams says, you know what? I think if this shark had another foot it would have to have a reboot uh, i don't think uh, he actually uh, said that no I, no I, but this is a reboot a complete yeah. reboot yeah. um not quite a remake of the original but it takes a lot of themes and elements from the original jj abrams planned a trilogy um yeah. but then he was pulled away to, to work a on shame, a star man. wars movies but yeah so thanks a lot star wars for uh Killing yeah. us. Jaws 18 Origins. Mm-hmm. And it takes place modern day. Has Brody, has Quint, has has them all. Um, you know, and there's some gratuitous stuff in this one. I wasn't a big fan of it, of all of the uh actually I didn't really even notice the the uh lens flares that were going on. But there <laughs> there was subtle. A, you yeah. actually like but they definitely played up on the, you know, we're on the beach, so let's have lots of people in bikinis, and yeah. um, it wasn't and normal remember, people. Like like the first Jaws, you're on the beach, you got a bunch of normal people. They're just out on a real beach, but this, you can tell. They're out on the beach with with actresses who are models, and right. actors who are, you know, models. And it's, it's very much, there's a lot more skin, a lot more motion of the camera, a lot of running, a lot of running. Lot of there's more running part. in this one movie than in the whole first two seasons of Doctor Who. And uh, with, with, with Jaws 18 Origins, J.J. Abrams brought in Michael Giacchino, though, to do the music, mm-hmm. and he does a great job of mimicking, reusing the original John Williams theme and then mimicking the, the John Williams feel for the music. Yeah. yeah. Well, we haven't really talked about the music. I have to say that in Cyber Jaws, I hated it because it was all synthesizers. And, yeah, um, right. but they did. He, he did bring some themes back. For Jaws 18... Um, that 20, some of the, 2014 reboot. <laughs> right. He, he did bring some of those themes back. And if, like I said, watch the credits all the way through. I watched he, the credits all the way through. I did not see any kind of callback to Cyber Jaws. I, then, I, I mean, I'll, I will watch it again with that in mind. But you're the first and only person, Steve, who I've ever heard say anything about that. Well, there used to be a huge page an internet page back, I think it was um, cyber cities or whatever that one was. Geocities. Geocities. There was a huge, huge page, huge community 
uh, devoted to Jaws Seven. That's I mean, this is you know years afterwards. It was, uh, Jaws Nine had already come out, but um, they built it up and built it up and built it up. And then when GeoCities went away, it's just like poof. Where whoever was running it, I think it was a guy named uh, Jason something, because I mean it had some really insightful stuff where he was getting into you know the the subtext and he was bringing stuff out from Moby Dick and and um you know just uh, uh, John 7 he's doing this about yes oh good grief it was obvious that JJ Abrams had read all that material because he was i mean he had he had written jaws scripts since like 2003 you know he was he was JJ Abrams JJ Abrams yeah he wanted to do a a, a sequel to jaws 11 you know, the, and just have oh. a, like, more spacey type stuff. And then they wanted but then to they go got with Spielberg. the prequel stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if you can get Spielberg back, you, you don't need J.J. Abrams. Well, yeah. So, so speaking of Spielberg, then we need to move into Jaws 19. Jaws 19. Jaws 19. It's got an environmental message. The sharks are fighting back as the oceans are disappearing. Right. Um, and it really is an interesting flip-flop because the sharks are really the protagonists in the movie. Uh, it's directed by Max Spielberg, Steven Spielberg's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't want to spoil this one because it's it's just come out in theaters and we're not going to do a spoiler section for this right. since we are doing lists and stuff, but, um, but you've seen it now? Yeah, I saw it. Okay. And Finally. what'd you think? It... didn't touch me it didn't i don't huh. know i really don't know what the whole big deal i mean i know a guy who has seen it now seven times i've seen it twice in the theaters well i know i actually made my kids go even though there's that one really graphic scene uh that it's pretty nightmare inducing but i basically i wanted my kids to go and so we could talk about you know the the realities of of nature and mm. the harshness of a fallen world. And, and I guess that's the only real thing you can bring out of it is that, you know, it's a fallen world. This is a, an example and a result of the garden of Eden. You know, that's the, that's the fall Where and is, that's, yeah. that's what we're experiencing. So you can, if you can put that into that context and have the kids understand it and then pull some spiritual truths out of it, other than that, it like I said, it just didn't touch me. It's well, not a bad movie. Did did you like that they? I mean, they basically they ignored Jaws seventeen and they ignored Jaws Origins. I mean, yes. this is not well, like part they, of the reboot continuity. Continuity. This is right. taking off really at the end of Jaws Takes Manhattan, which yeah. is kind of funny how serious this movie is. Uh, but it basically is continuing as if the those sixteen movies were all part of continuity. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing the way they're able to bundle that all together. Amazing. And Michael Caine, a cameo. Yeah. And yeah, Bridget which Fonda. Is, which is really strange because, I mean, after the uh, Jaws 11, and the, the smack in the face, we actually get a cameo. Yeah. But it's like, is it Michael Caine? And everyone's like, you know, well, maybe they sampled in the footage like they no, did. No, they didn't. It's, it is Michael Caine. I saw an interview with him on Entertainment Tonight. Oh, did you? I didn't yeah, see that one. Yeah. Um, but they brought back him. They brought back um, Bridget Fonda. And mm-hmm. and then they... Brigitte Nielsen. 
Uh, Bridget Nielsen? Yes. Well, she you can't tell. She's uh, I don't want to ruin the uh, spoiler here, but she's the one in the the heavy makeup with the about halfway in. You know what I'm talking about. Well, anyway, makeup, I mean the they, wig, they they tied the it in wig. nicely. They wrapped it up. I almost feel like they could end the franchise here, and it's a very satisfying end. And actually, Jaws 19, other than Jaws 17, the 50 scales of gray thing, and, and the Origins reboot, I actually feel like Jaws 19 does give a little bit of legitimacy to some of these other movies that that you don't like maybe so much, um, just because you get those movies and maybe didn't like them, but because of those, we got Jaws 19. And yeah, I I, I can't wait. I mean. What was cool was I bought my box set of Blu-rays for all 18, and then there's one spot left for you to put Jaws 19 when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Real nice. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's do our list then real quick, and then okay. wrap this thing up. Uh, top fives and bottom three. What do you want to do first? Uh, let's do top fives. All right, do top okay, five, fives. Let's do and five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so here's here's the thing. The first Jaws, I'm presuming Yeah. That's that's in that's the top spot. Number one. Yeah. yeah. So we're actually giving our top six. Right. And I'm going to cheat a little bit, uh, Steve. Okay. So we're starting with five and going to five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. Okay. So my number five is Jaws 12. And oh, Jaws 12 part two. Uh, <laughs> Both. So, no. so Jaws, actually this list is Jaws my top seven. But... Jaws 12 part two actually is number two on my list. Okay. Well, that's number five. I put both of them on there as number five. Okay, well, yeah. can't do that. But go ahead. No, I, I did. Uh, you get technically going to be number six and number five. So we'll we'll think of it that. <laughs> uh, number four for me is Jaws ten, but mainly because of the nostalgia. And Michael Caine really is pretty fantastic in there. So <laughs> if you say so, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I. What what I did like is you know the with you know the terrors of the deep how they really went and they they you know took so many different things they from mythology found, and uh, oh man it was it was I as much as I don't like it I have that nostalgia for it so I can uh, understand, I can yeah, understand. Yeah. it's not it didn't make my list uh, number three is Jaws nine. That that was number four on mine. Okay. Yeah. The, the super team of shark. I mean, just just, just this assembling the super team. It's good. <clears throat> it's and a, just having that 12, many, that many faces on there. I mean, yeah. yeah. And the the twelve minute montage when they're assembling the team and they're like physically assembling the team and everything. I just, I am amazing. Uh, I number heard it shot as, as one as one scene. <laughs> one number number two is Jaws Origins. That was number one on my list. It's a good movie. I mean, it's just a legitimately good movie. Yeah. Um, even though it does reboot and repackage, and there's there, I do have problems with with some of the things in it. Um, See, I liked it good. because it it picked like all the little awesome little nuggets from like all the other. I mean, you. I mean, Ivan Sharkovsky's in there, mm-hmm. and and I mean everything. It just I mean, I, little- Ivan Sharkovsky's on there, but as a video game. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like what's that. cool. Things like that. Uh, yeah. and then my the number one, Jaws themes oh, go ahead. And stuff like that yeah. too, but my, go ahead. My, my number one is Jaws 19 and that's just because it just wraps everything up so nicely, makes it one cohere, cohesive universe, even when they weren't trying with some of these where they're kind of breaking away from things, but, uh, it just wraps a nice bow. And then of course Jaws would be my, right. 
top spot. So what are your what are your five? My five was uh, would be uh, Jaws eleven Outer Space. Just <laughs> Steve, I, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. That's why that's why it's number five. You know, because yeah, I knew I'd, I number knew five out of you know almost twenty movies. If I put it any higher, I knew I would get more grief for it. So it's well, just number five. I'm amazed it's even on the list. Okay, keep it's going. Not, it's not hurting anybody. Okay? Keep going. <sighs> number four is uh, Jaws nine. Super okay, team. yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, number three, this might be a bit of a surprise, but it's just so many good mem, so many good memories, just involved. Just, I just need a second. Okay, Jaws five. Jaws five is is your number three? Yeah, just because it just it just recasts Jaws four beautifully. I mean, it was, okay. it's it's poet it's poetry. If you if if you can, you know, get through the whole, you know, money grubbing things. Just I mean, it's it's just. All right, <clears throat> what's your number two? Let's, let's oh, this is getting on, awkward here. I just need a drink. What's your number two? Okay, hold on. <laughs> Okay. Number two, I, I already covered this as uh, Jaws 12 Part 2. Oh, yeah. The sequel, not the prequel, the sequel. The sequel to the prequel. Yeah. Yes. And then so, your number one is? The good, the good part, the good one, not the bad one. And then uh, number one was uh, The Origins, okay. which is number one because just, I mean, it just, it, it wipes the slate clean. It says all that garbage is gone, all the good stuff. Welcome in, and here we go. We're going to reboot the whole thing. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that after J.J. Abrams gets through this little Star Wars thing that he's doing, that he'll get back to what he, I think he's always wanted to do. You know, always been yeah. a writer for. Just get back to Jaws. All right, so let's let's talk now about our 17, 18, and 19. Okay, so these are the, the bottom three on the list. The worst. And for me, number 17. So. You know, right. the third worst movie right. is is Jaws Seven Cyber Jaws. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work for me. My number I, I can see why that would be so. I just I wish you could see it with my eyes. I wish I could too. Because I, I want to appreciate it. I want to like it. You know, it's part of the franchise. It has a nostalgia for me for seeing it when I was but anyway, what's what's your number seventeen? What's your third worst? Uh that would be Jaws 16. Oh, okay. I just didn't like the whole, you know. <laughs> That's the, interesting, though, because it's really a, a sequel to your number one. I saw it more as a trying to rip off the themes. Of, yeah, as, yeah. It wasn't number one, it was number three, by the way, Jaws 5. Whatever. It was, it was taking the themes of it and just playing on it. And I mean, it was more the tongue in cheek type of a thing. And I mean, they're. Okay. There was some Muppet references, the whole Big Apple thing. I I didn't I didn't didn't really like it. All right, so. my number eighteen, so second worst Jaws movie is Jaws seventeen. Fifty scales of gray. It's just awful. I mean, yeah, no matter was, how you look at it, that was my worst. Okay, well, my worst is Jaws four: The Revenge. It's just a not a good movie. Not a good movie at all. And yeah, so, what was your number eighteen then? Second to worst. Second to worst was well, you're never mind. It's okay. <clears throat> what is it? It was Jaws twelve, the prequel. <laughs> Dude, it was horrible. Whatever. The CGI just does not work. Whatever. They should have okay. just shot it as a period piece. 
They should have shot it, you know, on sets and stuff like that. And instead, they they went and they tried to do it all with CGI. Well, okay. So there we have it. Thirty years of Jaws in one hour and ten minutes. <laughs> we we crammed it all in. <laughs> but you know, it, it it's a it's a walk through cinema history. You know, I mean, this is how sequels go and. Uh, I can't think of a franchise other than like Godzilla or James Bond that's more like this, where you have just those ups and downs, people who get it, people who don't as far as the creators. And, you know, when we started with the first Jaws, Jaws 1, 2, 3, and 4, where it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, you know, it could have gone that way. As long as it was still making money, they were going to keep making them. But, you know, they almost stopped. Jaws 17 almost just completely destroyed the franchise, but... Yeah. I mean, J.J. Abrams came in, gave it a shot, a boost in the arm. But when he left and Max Spielberg came in, he's like, hey, let's let's celebrate this history. Mm, yeah. You know, 18 previous movies, 15 of those previous movies or 13, 16 of those previous movies actually are worth you know, referencing. So uh, you have any final words here, Steve, about that before I shut this thing down? Um, uh, I would say a, a, a tagline maybe for, for our our uh, podcast tonight this time it's comprehensive <laughs> and I just want to thank everyone for listening making it this far into the conversation and let us know what you think of the Jaws movies until next time though I do want to say thank you for listening and Godspeed You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.